This is Talitha Kume, and you're tuned in to Intimate Conversations, presented by Food for the Soul, Hot 7025 F Make Radio Great Again. Welcome into Intimate Conversations with your girl Talitha Kume, presented by Food for the Soul Media Group on Hot 702.5 FM, and we are live on our FB page, Food for the Soul. So you guys, I am in the studio. Let me put this over here. I am in the studio by myself again this week, but I got a lot to say. So you guys stay tuned in and we will be right back. Hey y'all, hey, what y'all doing? Tune in to Intimate Conversations presented by Food for the Soul Media Group on Hot 702.5 FM Radio every Friday, 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. What's up with the news we don't hear about? We're talking about it. If you're wondering if the whole world is tripping or it's just you, we're talking about it. Who's that? Who said that? Can we say that? Should we say that? We just did. Download the app at MixLR on the Google Play Store or Apple Store or tune in live every week on www.hot7025fm.com, Facebook Live or YouTube. Intimate Conversations with me, Talitha Kume, every Friday, 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Brought to you by Food for the Soul Media or Lay Worldwide. I am Talitha Kume and Bobby B. Welcome back and thank you for tuning in to this afternoon to Intimate Conversations with Talitha Kume presented by Food for the Soul Media Group here on Hot 702.5 and live on our Food for the Soul FB page. I'm rounding out the month of October and my theme for the month has been fact or fiction. And it's um, I'm telling you guys to decide whether something is fact or fiction. And so this week at the close of October, I kind of want to talk about some things that are going on in the news, some things that we've been talking about, some things that maybe you haven't even heard uh, about that are going on um, right now. And so that's kind of where we are. And I want to uh, start off the show by talking about, we're going to be talking about COVID, y'all. Um, I always try to do research and and, and find out what uh, Google is saying, what different people are saying before I kind of weigh in and give my opinion on the subject, right? And so I looked up the, the, the CDC guidelines of what needed to be done right when COVID happened. So I looked up the CDC guidelines and they were talking about the things that we can do to help stop the spread. So it says, since people can spread the virus before they know that they are sick, it is important to stay at least six feet away from others when possible, even if you or they do not have any symptoms. Um, social distancing is especially important for people who are at risk for severe illnesses from COVID-19. And to help prevent the spread of COVID-19, we should clean our hands often, either with soap and water for 20 seconds or a hand sanitizer that contains at least 60% alcohol. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Put distance between yourself and others at least six feet. Cover your mouth and nose with a mask when around others. Cover your cough or sneeze with a tissue and then throw the tissue in the trash. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects and surfaces daily. And the CDC recommends that people wear masks in public settings and when around people outside of their household, especially when other social distancing measures are difficult to maintain. And this may help prevent people who have COVID-19 from spreading the virus to other people. 
So we want to talk about that for a minute, right? And um, I have something to say about that. When the when the when the virus first came out, I really was I was hesitant to believe everything that the media was showing us or everything that the media was saying, only because of uh, the the fact that all of the things that they were telling us to do were kind of contradictory in a, in a, in a sense of trying to help you know what I'm saying so like they would tell us to do this and they would tell us not to do this then they would tell us to do this and they would tell us to not do this and so I just wanted to talk about my personal experiences when it came to COVID so a lot of you know or those of you who follow me know that my father is um has been ill for a while almost going on two years now and so I've been back and forth having to travel to uh, visit my dad and then also traveling when I when you know when we moved out here and so I have been on planes, you guys, more than probably a lot of people have been on planes. And with the travel industry being the way it is and people being afraid to travel, uh, I, I couldn't, I didn't have that option because I needed to go see my family, needed to go see my father. And so what's crazy to me is the last flight that I was on, I remember there was a, a white gentleman who was on the flight with me and we were uh, sitting by each other. And he was saying how crazy it was because they were, uh, we were, we were hoping that they were going to keep the middle seat open so that we wouldn't have to sit right next to each other. And he was saying, how crazy is it that, that they want us in the airport to social distance? They want us to be six feet from each other in the airport. They want us to keep our mask on at all times. We can't be bunched up and all these different things. But when we get on the airplane, we're bunched up. We're sitting next to each other. I mean, like cheek to cheek almost, especially if you're on um, an airline that's very small, like a, uh, like a, a Spirit or a Frontier. Um, and then some of the other airlines are getting, you know, smaller as well as far as the seat capacity. So we're on the airline with people that are sitting, we're sitting cheek to cheek, even though we have masks on for about two to three hours, four hours, five hours, depending on where you're flying to or from. So how contradictory is that for us to have to social distance while we're in the airport because there are so many people and then get on the plane and not be able to social distance. So that makes no sense. How are we able to prevent from getting this virus if we can't social distance on the plane? Does that make sense to you guys? It doesn't make sense to me. Also, when uh, since the pandemic, we've been going out, right? And so Bobby and I, we kind of frequent different places here and there just because sometimes he doesn't feel like cooking because he's the cook of the household. But we're out in the restaurants. They tell us, to put our mask on when we go inside of the restaurant. And then when we get inside the restaurant, we can take our mask off so we can eat and different things like that and talk to the waiter or waitress, of course, before we get our food and then we're able to eat. And then as soon as we finish eating, we put the mask back on so that we can walk outside as to not expose people to COVID or not get exposed to COVID. But the whole hour or two hours we were sitting in the restaurant we were exposed to COVID or exposing people to COVID because we didn't have a mask on. Does that make sense to you? I don't know. Last I want to say about COVID is that um, I'm not sure if you guys saw an interview that I did. I had a chance to interview with uh, DFW NBC on their, I think it was their, um, their online, their streaming services. And I was talking about the, um, the tragic flight that uh, Bobby and I experienced when we were heading from Las Vegas to Dallas back in July. And so what bothers me 
about what happened is that a lot of you guys who saw my post, you guys know that uh, a lady died on our flight. And she died midair on our flight. And so um, stories have come out just recently that the lady died of COVID. So we were on a plane with someone who was affected or infected rather with COVID and she died in front of us, in front of all the passengers that were on the plane. And so my problem with just hearing about it now, which makes me kind of upset, is the fact that if this lady had COVID uh, when she passed away in July, how come none of us were notified that were on the plane, especially those that were close to her? Because I remember I posted that there were people in there um, that were sitting right next to her, citizens, and not just the <coughs> not just the flight attendants, but citizens who were actually, um, or passengers rather, that were actually helping to try and give her uh, CPR, perform CPR on her with no mask. They didn't have any mask on. They didn't have any of that. And they were trying to help save this lady's life. Now, like I told the media when I was being interviewed, I don't know if they had COVID. Did they give her COVID? Did she have COVID when she came on the plane? We don't know. But my thing is, if that was the case, when you found that out, because I'm sure that the autopsy didn't take three or four months this happened in July. So if this happened in July, and once they did the autopsy and figured out that she had COVID, how come we were not notified? How come nothing was said after that? We didn't, we're not finding out about that until October, almost November, that that lady passed away of COVID. Does that make sense to you? Does that make sense to you if this disease is what it is that you would notify every person on the plane and let them know what happened with that lady or tell us to you know quarantine ourselves or whatever after the situation you know what I'm saying so we we were actually living our lives for a whole July August September you know October not knowing anything about this lady and what happened just remembering it right and then finding out that that was the cause of her death when they told us that it was an asthma attack or something like that I'm not sure but so does that make sense to you? Does that make sense how the media is spinning all of this COVID, um, this COVID experience? And I'm not saying that they're lying. So don't, don't, don't get me wrong thinking that I'm saying that because I'm not. I've, I've known people who have actually had COVID. I've known somebody who was not close to me, but close to family members of mine who actually passed away. And they kept saying that she didn't have COVID, but all of the symptoms that she had were the symptoms that people who have COVID have, which it was just really, really strange. But I'm just saying that to say, think about it. Think about it. Do your own research. Talk about it and do what's best for you. There's so many people walking around who don't want to wear a mask. And I can't say that I have a problem with them because that's their right to be able to do whatever it is that they feel they want to do. But at the end of the day, we have to obey the law. So if I walk in Walmart or any store or any place and they say I have to wear a mask. Even if I don't believe in wearing a mask, you know what? I'm going to wear a mask. Next, I want to talk about, uh, on my last show, I talked about Ice Cube and uh, his, his black contract, right? And I was saying that I saluted Ice Cube. And I don't care what anybody else says. It's my opinion. My opinion was just the fact that Ice Cube saw something 
whether he was oblivious to it, you know, two, three, four, five years ago when he was, you know, um, doing his music or when he was with NWA and they was like, F the police, whatever they were doing back then. Uh, now he has come to some sense of awareness saying, hey, I want to help my black people. I see a disconnect, so I want to try and help. And so with him helping, whether it was yesterday, today, um, you know, two weeks ago, he did something and presented it to some people and um, make change. And so I, so I applaud him for that. But after I was doing some research on black poverty in America, what I'm wondering is, um, is, is black poverty really a thing? Like is, how, how are we dealing with, uh, with that, with that issue? Um, and so with the ice cube situation though, he was talking about, uh, the, uh, the fact that so many black Americans are living below the poverty line and we need to do something about it quickly. We, we've been needing to do something about it. And so he presented his contract to both parties, um, and said, Hey, let's fix this. Who's going to fix this. And so he said that the Republicans but got back to him and said, hey, we're trying to devise something that will possibly help with this. And then the Democrats said, hey, we'll get back to you once we get into office. And so he's been catching a lot of flack for that, whether he's for Trump or not for Trump, we don't even know. But um, at the end of the day, he was just trying to do something to help black African-Americans. And so I did some research on black poverty, and I was trying to figure out whether these statistics are right or not, and you guys can help and jump in um, if you if you know something that I don't know. So anyway, um, I saw that uh, this chart that I found, it was talking about black families with and without children who live below the national poverty line. And this was in, this was a study that was done, I think in 2019 or, or 2018, somewhere around there. So it said that the vast majority, 74% or 1.4 million are headed by single women and just 16% are headed by a married couple or a family, and only 10% are headed by, held by a single father. So it's saying that the people that are living below the poverty line who have children are, um, the vast majority is 74% or 1.4 million. And it's saying that they're headed by single women, 16% of them are headed by married families, and then 10% of them are headed by just a male, a father in the home, right? And then it, it goes to say that the black families that are living above the national poverty line are more than half, which is 53% or 3.7 million black families that are living above the national poverty line. And they are actually headed by either married couples, like 30, 37% of married couples, or they are headed by single women. So. That's really interesting to me. I found it really interesting only because um, we are always seeming to get pushed the narrative that it's the majority of black families that are living below the poverty line. And I'm not sure when I'm looking at this research that that is actually the case. Also, we're being pushed, uh, the, 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 the narrative is being pushed that African-Americans are the highest to receive public assistance, which is not true because we're not even the highest percentage-wise. So why would we be the highest to receive public assistance? That's just not true. And so I think that th what's going on uh, for us African-American people and us black people is that they're trying to 
push so many different things on us that we're actually starting to believe the hype. We're starting to believe what they're saying about us, not fact-checking and not, <coughs> excuse me, um, telling the stories of the people who are not um, who are not that. You know what I'm saying? So, like, for me, and, and I, what I mean by that is that when I saw the story about the lady who had died on our plane, right, the, 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 the storyline was all wrong. They were talking about um, that we were in New Mexico, um, the lady died on the tarmac, the EMTs came in, they tried to save her life, all these things or whatever, and it really made me upset because I'm like, this is nothing of what happened. None of this stuff happened. And so it's like they were just kind of making it up as they went. But nobody spoke out. Nobody said, no, this is what really happened. No, that's not true. And so for, for, for us, with the situations that are going on with us, I believe that more of us need to speak out about what's really going on because a lot of us are just taking what we hear and we're kind of running with it, you know. And so that's why I was saying that <clears throat> I, um, I completely believe that black Americans are and have been disadvantaged in America. So don't get me wrong. Um, has it gotten better, though? I believe that it has gotten better um, in the last you know, 50, 60, 70, believe that it's gotten a lot better. And I, and I believe the powers that be want to tell us or make us feel that we are still disadvantaged. And I don't believe that. Um, that's why it was so important, you guys, for us to watch those different shows like like uh, The Cosby Show. Why The Cosby Show was such a staple to me in the black community was because The Cosby Show, to me, showed I think uh, the, it showed a lot of what was actually going on in our communities what I'm saying is that there were more middle class families that resonated with the show the Cosby show versus um, people who were impoverished like the like good times portrayed for example so when Good Times came out, and I'm not saying I like both of the shows. I like both of the shows. I watch all of Good Times until the very end. I watched the Cosby Show until the very end. But what was it made us? The Cosby Show made us feel like we could aspire to be that family. But to me, there were a lot of people out here that were already that family. You know what I'm saying? Because they were building on the fact that hey, you know, we're not seeing these families. We've seen the Good Times families, and a lot of us have been the Good Times families, but they're not showing the other side of the back, the black families that are out here actually uh, making a way for themselves. And so I feel like it's just important f for us to be able to tell our stories and tell them from both sides and not just uh, be one-sided, you guys. You know what I'm saying? And so um, that's all I want to talk about as far as black poverty. I have a couple of more subjects. I want to talk about and I know that some of you guys are rocking with me some of you guys don't care but uh, this is just my feel on what's going on in black America you guys always know that I am pro-black I am for my people but I am also um, a believer so I am for uh, what's right I'm believe, I believe I believe in what's right and and all of this like I said it's my opinion so you don't like it, you know, you can, we can talk about it. Give me your opinion. Tell me what you think. But at the end of the day, these are just things that I've been thinking about, things that I've been talking about, things that I've been discussing 
take long? We don't know. Guys, we're going to take a break and we will be we will be right back. Freedom or death. You shall all be moved. Vanglorious. This is protected by the red, the black, and the green with the key Abracadabra, a la baby professor, all hail funkin' lesson, sweet tongue grand vital scrolls, now behold, let the legend unfold, born in a cosmos, where no time and space to exist, vibe in the midst of the chaos, mortals label me as a logical, mythological, they couldn't comprehend when I brought the word, a stick called verb, a black still nerve, teaching those actors and actresses, who write a couple lines on what black is, really? Then they label me a sin, when a brother just speaks what's within, I guess I'm blacker than the shadow in the darkest alley that they're always scared to go in, boo, I wear boots and bees, bags and braids, stick and scroll, rings and shades, walk in the light of the moon, but I've never been a Batman, African call him black man. Welcome back to Intimate Conversations with Talitha Kume, presented by Food for the Soul, and I am your host, Talitha Kume, and we are live here at our new home on Hot 702.5 FM. Comment on our Facebook page at Food for the Soul Media Group or call in at 702-551-5261. You guys, so I'm talking about a lot of stuff. I'm just kind of going here and there, and there's no um, rhyme or reason of what I'm talking about. I'm just kind of, I'm just put out topics that I've been thinking about or some of the things that maybe you and your families have been talking about, some of the things that's been on the news, and I'm just <clears throat> giving uh, my opinion about some of it. So, We've been talking about, um, we talked about Ice Cube, we talked about COVID, we talked about black poverty, and I need you guys to comment and talk back to me and tell me what your thoughts are on some of the issues that I've brought up already. And so my next topic that I want to talk about is actually a spiritual topic. So I'm talking about, I want to talk about spiritual warfare or witchcraft, right? And so a lot of things have been coming up with if you if you are a Christian or a believer or you've been in the church for any amount of years, I know that you've always heard the term of spiritual warfare and there's um, scriptures about spiritual warfare and what we're fighting. Are we fighting spirits, demons, you know, what's going on out here in the world? And also a lot of um, a lot of things have been going on now um, con- uh, uh, surrounding witchcraft and some of the different things that people are starting to believe and get away from because I know for me a long time I, I was I didn't believe in any of those things like I didn't believe in ghosts I didn't believe in spirits uh, I never we, we kind of never talked about that in our home I didn't believe in spells magic any of that stuff I just thought that it was all make-believe and I'm just telling you guys as I'm being transparent and when I was little you know I just thought it was something cute and something, you know, fun to watch on TV or whatever. But I, I never put, um, it, 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 I, I never put a whole lot into it, you know, on whether it was true or not. And so now that I'm older and I'm seeing different things and I've experienced different things, I'm starting to realize that a lot of the things that they were showing us, they've been showing us. They've been prepping us. They've been preparing us for this time. And we were kind of, to you know hands head stuck in the mud or um sitting in a church to kind of realize that this stuff is going on and it's been going on and it's real but nobody was talking about it right and so um now i can say i believe 
in spiritual warfare and I believe in witchcraft because you can't have one without the other. So like I never paid attention to them putting all of this stuff in TV shows. Like I loved Sabrina the Teenage Witch. I loved Charmed. I'm talking about like the Charmed with Prue and Piper. That was with Shannon Doherty. That that Charmed. Um, I loved Wizards of Waverly Place. Uh, the movie Craft. I loved that movie. And it's actually they're, they're doing a remake of that movie. And uh, that's so raving. And now this have country that's kind of sweeping the nation and everybody is 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 talking about how good the show is. And I've gotten a chance to watch a little bit of it. But what I wanted to do was do um, a definition of what spiritual warfare is and then what witchcraft is. So spiritual warfare, it says, is the Christian concept of fighting against the work of pre, uh, pre-natural or preternatural evil forces. It is based on the biblical belief in evil spirits or demons that are said to intervene in human affairs in various ways. So they intervene in human affairs by the mind, uh, through sex, through emotions and attitude, through the tongue, and also through physical appetite, which is, you know, with, through our, our bellies and what we eat. Witchcraft or witchery is the practice of magical skills, spells, and abilities. Witchcraft is a broad term that varies culturally and, soci- and s- societally and thus can be difficult to define with precision. But this article says historically the term was commonly associated with those who use supernatural means to cause harm to the innocent. And this connotation remains in many traditional it remains, I'm sorry, in many traditional cultures worldwide, notably those of Asia, Latin America, Africa, the African diaspora, and um, I, I think that's how you pronounce that, uh, dia- diaspora, and indigenous communities in the Americas. And so it's saying that witchcraft is kind of traditionally practiced in these um, these parts of the world, Asia, Latin America, a- Africa, and in indigenous communities in the Americas. And so with that, I want to say that, you guys, we have to wake up. We have to wake up and start noticing what's going on around us, what's going on in our homes, what's going on in our music. So many people are, are sitting under uh, religion and, and kind of, having tunnel vision and kind of not focusing on anything else that's going on in the world. And right now, I believe if COVID didn't do anything else, it allowed us to wake up and pay attention to what's going on around us. If Trump didn't do anything else, he came in office to wake us up so that we can see what's going on around us. It's just that simple. Whether it's right or wrong, it's the truth. It's fact. It's a fact that now we are seeing so much hate that has already been there. It was there, you guys. It just took somebody like Trump to come in office for people to say, oh, yeah, now I can feel, uh, I can really freely believe the way I believe, right? Um, it took that to happen for us to do that. It took them shutting down churches for us to get into our word, those of us that are believers, for us to get into our word ourselves for us to research ourselves and find out that there are so many different things that have gone on in the religious faith, in the community, that some of some of the stuff we've been taught um, has been not correct. It hasn't been correct. Some of the stuff we ta- we've been taught has been correct. It's been taught for years and years and years, but now we're just now starting to pay attention. So with, with the spiritual warfare, I just say, be careful. 
and watch your surroundings because I believe it. I believe it. It is absolutely true. And right now in 2020, going into 2021, if you don't see and you don't pay attention to what's going around you, you can easily get caught up. You're easily going to be, you're, you're going to be caught up. And then you're going to be looking around saying, I didn't know. I didn't, I didn't realize. And it's because you weren't paying attention. And so Jermaine has been commenting on here a lot. Um, he was talking about the mask. Um, he was saying that I moved on, but he said, as a whole, our community has about 19% living under the poverty line, but that's still higher than everyone else. Hispanics are at 16%. Asians are around 8% and whites are at 7%. But we push, um, the driving force behind some major industries, i.e. sports, music, entertainment. Also, many don't know what percentage-wise the black woman is the most educated in America. That's what he said. The black woman is most educated because of false religion. So he's just kind of going in and going in, giving his um, his um, opinions on what he thinks about what I'm talking about. And, uh, yeah, so you guys talk back to me, like I said, and let me know what you guys are thinking what you're uh, feeling about that that poverty thing, what you guys are feeling about the spiritual warfare and what we need to be doing. Are we living in the last days? Do we know if we're living in the last days? I don't know. Some signs would point to we are. Some signs would point to it's just forward movement and we're moving forward and we don't know how much longer we have. And so what do you think? We're talking about it. And the last thing I want to talk about because we are at – 40 minutes in you guys and I got about 10 more minutes this last subject I want to talk about I know I know I already know that I am going to piss a lot of people off but I'm gonna go to me I'm gonna go ahead and talk about it and then we'll we'll go from there and we'll kind of figure it out so my last subject that I want to talk about is the now esteemed black lives matter movement that's sweeping the country you guys so it's been about seven years since the inception of the movement started by three women that say that it was started because of the outrage of a young black man that was shot and killed by a Hispanic man, George Zimmerman. Um, and so when I was looking at their website, I was trying to look at exactly what they stand for. Because like I said, that we have all been, you know, just kind of fed some information. Everybody said we rocking with it. So we as black people say we're going to rock with it. It's a funny, um, a funny uh, story that people do a lot of that they say that you know if the black people are in a crowd and they see somebody running for whatever reason they're gonna start running only because they don't know what's going on and it could be anything that could be running because they're you know enjoying a good run we don't know but black people we see somebody running we run and that to me is a lot of what we do um in our everyday life period we see something going on you know some of us have a tendency to jump on the bandwagon before we've done our research or figured out what it is that they're talking about. And I'm talking about across the board with religion, uh, sports, uh, everything and anything. We've jumped on bandwagons a lot of times and not even known what we were doing, what we were fighting for, what we talk, what we talking about. And I, and I was transparent the last time I was on here by myself when I said that a prime example is voting for Barack. And I voted for Barack because he was black. I didn't know anything of what he stood for. I didn't know any of his policies. And, and frankly, at that time in my life, I probably didn't even care. I was like, okay, he's black. I'm black. Uh, let's vote for the first black president. And so 
with the Black Lives Matter movement, I just looked on their, their website and I was looking at some of the things that they stand for. Uh, Chandra's saying that I agree. I never knew that it was an organization. I was thinking it was just a hashtag. Okay, she's talking about Black Lives. Okay, and so I looked on their website, and so I'm going to read to you guys what, what they stand for. So they said that we are expansive. We are a collective of liberators who believe in an inclusive and spacious movement. We also believe that in order to win and bring as many people with us along the way, we must move beyond the narrow nationalism that is all too prevalent in black communities. We must ensure we are building a movement that brings all of us to the front. We affirm the lives of black queer and trans, trans folks, disabled folks, undocumented folks, folks with records, women, all blacks li and all black lives along the gender spectrum. Our network centers those who have been marginalized within black liberation movements. We are working for a world where black lives are no longer systematically targeted for demise. We affirm our humanity, our co contributions to this society, and our resilience in the face of deadly oppression. Um, so the call for black lives to matter is a rallying cry for all black lives striving for liberation. And so I read that and I just want you guys to know that uh, in doing my research, I was just trying to figure out what have they accomplished so while we're out here screaming Black Lives Matter, Black Lives Matter, as far as the movement is concerned, what have they accomplished? So I said personally, in my opinion, some of the things on their site as far as uh, fighting to defund the police, I don't agree with. Um, I said on my other show uh, when I was on here, like I said, by myself, about the reality of defunding a whole um, a, 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 a community that was designed, whether they were designed initially as the slave masters or the slave police, and now they've kind of morphed into something else. At the end of the day, in my opinion, I said that I believe that there are more police officers or officers that are out here and they, they join the force because they wanted to see um, things done fairly and they wanted to help. I said I believe that there are more out there that are in the departments versus those uh, few bad apples, those few that are out here shooting people in the street, um, shooting unarmed black men, you know, for no reason. I believe that there are less of those people, you know what I'm saying? So at the end of the day, that does racism exist in the police force? Yeah, it does. Uh, does racism exist everywhere? Yeah, it does. Does racism uh, uh, exist in our own communities? Yes, it does. But defending uh, the police department, I just don't think that that's the answer because I believe that it will promote a realistic purge. Defunding the police <laughs> gives us the opportunity to do whatever the heck we are big and bad enough to do. How crazy is that? How crazy would that be? If there was no one to call on for anything and we just decided we wanted to do whatever we wanted to do. So I want to go out and kill somebody. Uh, there's no police around. Why can't I do it? I want to go out and rape somebody. There's no police around. You know, why can't I do it? Um, Chandra says something's not right about it. We don't even know who's behind the group. Well, with the BLM, BLM, we do know that it was started by three um, African-American women. Like I was saying, and it was after the Trayvon Martin uprising where they were just angry about it but at the end of the day what I was saying was some of the things that they believe 
I'm not sure that I can can get behind that only because to me all of the 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 rally cries all of the marching all of the protests that we've been doing in the last few years have been mainly and I'm saying mainly a bigger percentage have been for black men who have been shot by the police right so we're rallying and we're out here marching because black men have been shot by the police but when I look at their affirmation I don't see black men included in the affirmation I see women included in the affirmation I see all black lives included in the affirmation I see undocumented folks in the affirmation I see black queer and trans folks and disabled folks in the affirmation which I believe the same I, I do believe that we all should be able to have rights but I don't see black men in here at all anywhere but we're marching for black men we're marching for the murders of black men but they're not in any of this um in any of this communication that was put out by the black lives matter movement so do all black lives matter or or is it just the women's black lives that matter because we we're, we're not saying it on here i feel like a lot of the movements, and, you know, forgive me if, you know, you guys don't feel the same way, but a lot of the movements, we do see a lot of women out there, black women who are saying, hey, stop killing our, our black sons and our fathers and our husbands and all these things, but where are the black men that are supposed to be out there rallying as well for the killing of them? Do you understand what I'm saying? Does that make sense to you? When I, what I'm saying is that they should be on the front lines because it truly is about them. It's it's about getting rid of them. It's about emasculating them to where they have no power. And that's what this is all about, in my personal opinion. So at the end of the day, are are are, are they helping? Have they done anything to help? You know, I don't know. And that's just my opinion because I'm I'm seeing all of these things. But I'm, I'm not seeing, I haven't seen legislation change because of it yet. You know, hopefully it will change because of it. But I haven't seen any legislation change as far as the black community when it comes to that movement. Do black lives matter? Heck, yes, they matter. But the actual movement, I'm just not sure. I'm not sure if I agree with it, especially with the, um, like I said, the defunding of the police. And so... I want to talk about that, get you guys' opinions, um, figure out what you guys were thinking about some of that. And I have some more commenting on here. Um, Jermaine said that, uh, well, uh, Terry said, she said, hey, girl, oh, we are highly emotional in general. Uh, Jermaine said that these are the last days. All the signs are there. Read an article about two weeks ago about the Pope saying the new world order needs to happen now with the U.N. leading it. Rumors of them rebuilding the third temple in Israel. Um, he said he's seen an interview at the first of the month of two Jews saying how next year they will have their Messiah. And there's so much more. Um, Terry is saying the organization is corrupt. And she's talking about, I guess, the Black Lives Matter movement. They desire to dismantle the nuclear family. They are trained Marxists. They promote and support abortion, which kills more black lives in the womb than any black lives that have made it outside the womb. She said, therefore, they are in 
contradiction, which is a nice way to say lying. Lying is satanic at the core. They call on the spirits of ancestors for guidance, which is witchcraft. And the biggest issue within the black community is fatherlessness and not police brutality and violent crimes have gone up. Wow. Um, Jermaine said, Black Lives Matter has been hijacked like damn near everything else we established for us, just like the civil rights movement was hijacked by women's live, LBGTQ, and other minorities. And so both of them are basically just saying that it sounds like a lot of the things that we try to put into place for us somehow um, get taken, like our music and everything else, they get taken by other organizations and then they push that narrative uh, versus what it was originally designed to do, possibly, I'm thinking. Um, but thank you guys for tuning in, uh, and thank you guys for giving your opinion on what you think about that, because it's a real, um, it's a real life issue. Going into 2021, we have to decide who is going to be running our country, and who is going to be running our country is going to have a lot to, um, uh, wh whoever's going to be running our country has, um, they have to answer to our black community as well as the world, uh, you know, the world wide, right? And so whatever we're saying that we want, that's what they need to do to be able to stay in the house, supposedly. So if we say we want equality and they're not giving us equality, why are they still in the house? If we say we want uh, better school systems, we want uh, more money or we want reparations or whatever we want, and uh, we're voting them in, and that doesn't happen, why, why are we voting them in? Do you understand what I'm saying? And so at the end of the day, I feel like everybody um, is going to have their say on what they believe, what they don't believe. The majority is going to believe, uh, uh, the, the majority is believing that black lives matter, and the majority is absolutely correct. Black lives do matter, but do black lives matter only when they're... Um, when they're wronged by white people or by Hispanic people like George Zimmerman, or do they matter all day, every day, all year round for us as well? I wear a shirt uh, that, um, that kind of gets people's attention a lot, and it says that we hurt us, black lives matter. And I, and I wear that shirt because I believe that to be the truth. Uh, more of us hurt each other than any other race ever could. And I believe that it was, uh, um, it was birthed out of, out of slavery. I believe that it was birthed out of them pitting us against one another to say, okay, well, he's climbing up uh, a little bit quicker than me. I got to pull him down so I can get up. Um, or uh, Massa, you know, they talking about running away and, um, you know, I want to be on your good side. So I'm going to tell you what's going on. I'm going to be a tattletale. And so you guys, um, a lot of stuff, I have to talk about a lot of stuff, but thank you guys for, for, for joining me today. Do your own research. Let's stop getting spoon fed with what we should and shouldn't be doing. Um, and, uh, to the media, uh, from the media, church, parents, tradition, you figure it out. We are smarter than that. And, um, and I said, no one is going to live out the decisions that we make for ourselves. So you guys tune in next week, Friday, 1 p.m. And also make sure you tune in to us on Mondays, 6 o'clock p.m. This Monday, we're going to be talking about um, 
the movie Yelling to the Sky. And so it's your girl, Talitha Kume, giving you something to talk about. I am out of here. I thank you guys for joining me. We were sponsored in part by Create Me LV, Isla Cole, the stylist, and Orle Worldwide. Thank you, guys. Yo. Huh. I dedicate the song to all the people who want to